That is very true, but that's kind of half of it, right? That's kind of half of it. Let's, let's turn our Bibles to John 7. I'm sorry, John 17. And so, I think one of, the, one of the things I want to talk about today is the example that we need to look to for discipleship, right? And so, we have some major examples in the scriptures about discipleship and discipling. So, in John chapter 17, starting in verse 1, it says, After Jesus said this, he looked toward he towards heaven and prayed, Father... The hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. What work is he talking about? What work do you think Jesus is, is talking about in this scripture? Like what you, so from what you know of Jesus, what did he spend most of his life doing? Loving people, setting an example. Okay, let's hold that, right? Let's, let's hold that part for a second. Setting an example. Now, setting an example for who? For us, yeah, for us, but for who else? In, in the scripture and in, in the gospels, who is he setting an example for? He said an example for everybody, but, but who, who is he talking about there in the Bible? The scripture that we just read. His disciples. His disciples, right? So he's setting an example for his disciples. And he says, he said, I, I finished the work that I was supposed to do. Part of that work was to make disciples, of which he did, but then also teaching them to make disciples. So he said he finished that work. So that work for him was done. But then what happens to the kingdom after that? What happens after that is that those disciples now, they got to go and make disciples. Yeah. So the very beginning of the work that Jesus came to do is done. Right? And so now the disciples have to carry on the kingdom of God. Because guess what? If they don't do anything, what happens? Huh? What happens if they don't do anything? The work stops, right? And then the church stays stagnant and it doesn't grow. It doesn't grow spiritually, it doesn't grow in number because, you know, like you said, his work was done. And so, but the work has to continue, so somebody else has to do it. And that's why we're here. Because as disciples and as Christians, we now have to continue that work. Right? We have to continue the work of not only making disciples, 
but helping each other grow spiritually, right? And being, and even being disciples ourselves. And so what we want to do is we want to look at some, another example here in Timothy and Paul's relationship, all right? Uh, because every disciple needs a mentor, right? They need, and you can call it whatever you want, right? You can call it a discipler, you can call it a mentor, you can call it one another relationships, you can call it a best friend, you can call it, you know, a covenant relationship, you can call it whatever you want, but every disciple must have a mentor. And so in this case, every disciple must have a Paul. And every Paul must have a Timothy in order for God's kingdom to move forward. Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 2. And so typically what we see in these relationships, right, is we have one disciple that may be further along in their Christian walk than the other or more experience in their Christian walk than the other, helping the other person or other individual to understand the journey and understand where they're going, right? That's just the model that Jesus created, all right? And so in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, it says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So in order for us to, to both, in order for us to both mentor and be mentored effectively, it is important to see how the relationship between Paul and Timothy developed over a period of time. And developed over three different phases, right? As you saw in the description for this, for this class, is that it developed from parenthood Right? There's like this parenthood, sonship relationship. Right? Then it went to a pace setting, an imitating relationship. And third, to partnering, being partners. All right? So we're going to look at those, um, each one of those um, phases. How many of you can say that you have a spiritual father in the faith? Not just somebody that said that they, they, they met you and baptized you, but that you, that you have a spiritual father in the faith. By show of hands. Okay? Come on, y'all, get confident, man. Put your hands up so I can see them. All right? All right, cool, awesome. Right? So that's, that's very important. How many, how many of us would say we have behaved as true sons or daughters in the faith to those fathers? as many hands, right? It's kind of like, eh, maybe. Right? So guess what happens? That discipleship or that discipling relationship is negatively affected, right? Because in order for that, for the discipleship relationship to work, there has to be a spiritual father and a spiritual son, right? Working together in that relationship. And that's where we get the term one another relationship, right? Because it has to be kind of equal. Alright? And so if you're, if you're feeling like you've got a spiritual father that's like, yeah, let's do this, let's, 
let's take our, our campus by storm, let's grow powerfully in the faith, and, and then you're the son, and you're like, okay, yeah. maybe that's cool, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll share my faith one day, and one day, you know, but you're not, you're not like gung-ho about it, you're not taking the advice, and you're not like firing them up too, because guess what, as spiritual fathers, kind of need to be fired up as well, you know, because we need to be excited too, because guess what we're doing, same thing you're doing, right, so it's, it kind of, we kind of work together, uh, in 1 Timothy 1, in verse 2, Can somebody read that verse? To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you. It's my wife, by the way. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch the beginning of that verse? How does Paul refer to Timothy? As his true son in the faith. Right? What, what would you say are some characteristics of being a son in the faith? How would you describe a son in the faith? Is that? Obedient, okay. Nice. What else? I think it's an express trust. You know, express trust? Yeah. Like, hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. Just like, you know, a son will with his father. Right, right. So you're saying the son would, would show yeah. the father that he trusts him? Yeah. Yeah? It's kind of like, I need you. I need you. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Anybody else? Respect. Respect, okay, absolutely. What else? Okay, what are some characteristics of a father figure in the faith? Protection. Protection, wow, that's a good one, yes, absolutely. Got, you know what, that one is so important. Let me just comment on that for a second. I think as fathers in the faith, Right, like, and when I say a father, I mean if you disciple somebody, or plan on discipling somebody, or plan on helping somebody with the scriptures to grow, then I consider you a father in the faith. Right? If you help somebody become a disciple, then I consider you a father in the faith. All right. Protection is so important. Paul talks about it so much in the scriptures that people are going to come after your son. To try to change his faith, warp his faith, discourage him, turn him somewhere else in an opposite direction, in some other direction. And it's so important that we protect each other, that we watch out for each other spiritually. That is a major part of discipling relationships. So I appreciate you mentioning that. What other characteristics does the Father have? Father in the faith. To teach. To teach, yes. Anybody else? Uh, to guide. To guide. It's 
Servitude. Servitude. Yeah. And let me comment on that one real quick too. Sometimes we feel like because we're the Paul in the relationship, we don't have to serve. The Timothys need to serve us. That's so incorrect. Paul's part of leadership is being a servant. Jesus was a servant. Right? And so if you're going to serve your Timothy, you know, if you're going to lead your Timothy, then you've got to serve him too. Um, vulnerability. Vulnerability. Oh my gosh, man. Another thing that we get wrong in discipleship, many churches or so-called churches get wrong with discipleship, is a lack of vulnerability. A lack of saying, okay, some, 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 some will think that because I'm a Paul, right, I don't have to be vulnerable. I'm the man. Just listen to me. I don't got to tell you my issues. I, gotta, I don't have to tell you when I hurt. I don't have to tell you when I sin or when I'm sad. But you, Timothy, you got to tell me everything. Now, come on, guys. Does that sound like, does that sound biblical? Does that sound like you're building a relationship? Right? So Timothy and Paul, they got to share with each other and be vulnerable with each other. You know, just because I disciple somebody or I help somebody spiritually, that doesn't mean that I can't share some stuff with them. Right? So, I have discipleship times with some guys at our church. And, um, and most of them are, or a few of them, are older than I am. Right? And so when, I, when we sit there and we have discipleship time, they're telling me about stuff that's going on in their lives. But there's a part of that time where I'm like, bro, here's what I'm going through. And here's what I need help with. Here's what I need you to pray for me about. And so, and even the dynamic of me being the, you know, church leader, they don't expect me sometimes to be like, hey, I'm hurting and I need your help. Right? And so... What I've noticed is that because I do that, our relationship is so much closer than it would have been otherwise. It's so much closer because I'm vulnerable with them. I'm like, look, here's what I need help with. Here's where you can help me to grow. Here's where you, you, you can pray for me and help me um, you know, to be a great leader for you, right? Um, so after Paul and Timothy first meet in, the, in, in Acts 16, when Paul is heading out to his uh, second missionary journey, Paul stops in Lystra, right, and looks up to Timothy, who then accompanies him and helps him and assists him and serves as sort of an apprentice to, uh, to Paul. You know, Timothy's biological father was a Greek and there's no evidence of him becoming a Christian. So Paul filled those shoes of a spiritual father for Timothy. For Timothy right? um, now here are a couple things on how Paul's or spiritual mentors should behave. They should be as fathers in the faith. Right? Fathers in the faith. They should teach, like you mentioned. They should encourage. They should dedicate their time 
to who they are mentoring or discipling. They should dedicate their time to their Timothy. If you're a Paul, you have not having time for Timothy is nonsense. Relationships aren't built that way. You must have the time. Right? And they need to be an example. But what about Timothy's? They should also dedicate their time. If you're a Timothy and you don't have time for your Paul, that too is nonsense. Because of how important discipleship is. They should be open to learning new things. They should be willing to serve as well. And they should show humility. And so we have to learn from experiences of others. The past must always be a part of our future. Also, for, for those of us who have big dreams, a spiritual parent can ground us so that we're not carried away but also persevere towards great things. Spiritual parents and Pauls can ground you and help you to persevere in accomplishing your dreams. So David's going to share a couple things about the inner Timothy. Come on, David. Hey, guys. Um, so I'm going to bring this up here because I'll get sidetracked. I'm going to be talking about Timothy if I don't. <laughs> but uh, first I wanted to share a, a verse from that really convicted me when I was thinking about what to share with you guys. And it was uh, Proverbs 12, 1. And it reads, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's kind of harsh, but it's true. Um, as a Timothy, as a Timothy, it's a, uh, it's a learning experience. Um, I, I, I came in, uh, you know, you don't, when you're baptized, you don't come out of water with the Bible in your head. You know, it's not, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this. I know this verse, this verse, this verse. Uh, it, and you have a lot of zeal, and zeal is good. But um, like Apollos in Corinthians, uh, Priscilla and Aquila had to like, let's, it's good, but let's, let's chill a little bit. <laughs> and if you don't know what you're doing, you have to have a Paul um, to, to guide you. Um, and one of the biggest things for me is it's a lot of, if you're going to be attentive, it requires a lot of self-reflection. You have to work on yourself. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to learn, willing to be corrected. And one of my biggest struggles um, when, I, when I first was baptized was uh, being vulnerable. When I grew up, I didn't grow up in the most loving family. We loved each other, but we didn't express it. It wasn't, uh, emotion was kind of weakness kind of thing. And so in the church, everyone's like, Dave, hug. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Firm handshake. That's what I was always going for. But immediately they grab it and pull me in. And uh, slowly but surely, you know, they worked on me. And uh, becoming vulnerable, even the other night, Wednesday night, um, I was having some trouble with anger um, at, at school. Just with stress and everything building up, I was snapping. Um, and I, I had to, I pulled JD aside after midweek. And I was like, man, I just really need to be afraid of me. And uh, he, he realized, he, uh, he was just, you need to talk to me more about this. Because yeah, he knows that, hey, I don't talk. <laughs> you kind of have to come after me to talk. And so it was uh, just being a Timothy requires you to put in a lot of work. 
to, to seek out Paul. Um, and it, it just, you have to rely on God and have an open heart to do all that. So that was that was uh, you know parenthood and sonship, but let's let's now talk about the pace setting and, imi and imitating part, right? Because with pace setting, things become a little bit more complicated and challenging uh, for the mentor and for Timothy as well, because uh, they both need to be good examples. Paul, the Paul in the relationship needs to be a great example. But he must also, like we talked about earlier, be willing to be vulnerable, right? So let's, let's look at uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 through 11. Can somebody read that? somebody else to know everything about you, what does that take? Yes, both things. Vulnerability, confidentiality. Right? So it, it says here that Timothy knew everything about Paul. And he goes even to list a lot of the things. He says, he says you however know all about my teaching. My way of life, how I live, how I do things, you know, who I am in my life, um, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. He's like going through all this list of good things and bad things. He's like, you know me, right? And you're right, it takes vulnerability, confidentiality, because no one will be vulnerable if they're not confident that it's going to be confidential. Right? We are not going to give our all. We're not going to say our all. We're not going to, we're not going to tell about our life, our way of life, our persecutions, our sufferings, our, 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 our faith, and all of that stuff if we don't feel like it can be between us. If we feel like we're going to talk, and then everybody else is going to know, then it's being vulnerable becomes a little bit more difficult. Now we start to be like, eh, I don't know about this discipling business, right? And we start to kind of step back, right? Because we feel like that relationship, there's no confidentiality, right? Because if we're having a one-on-one -on -one relationship, 
What's the point of that if everybody else is going to hear and know what we're talking about? What's the point? We might as well just get up here and say, hey, this is where I'm falling short with my relationship with God. Here's my sin. Can you all pray for me? And here's what's going on in my life. And we might as well just do that from up here. Right? Because if we're going to talk, it needs to be between us. Because there's a Paul and there's a Timothy. That's a one and one relationship, right? Um, and, so, and so what Paul is saying here is that he's setting the pace for Timothy. He's like, this is my life. You know my life. Study it. Imitate it. Right? If indeed I'm living the right way, do as I do in the faith. Right? Again, he says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. But you know what, Timothy? The Lord rescued me from all of them. So I, can, I have some experience that I can help, where I can help you, where I can teach you. Um, and as Paul's, we must set the pace. As Timothy's, we must imitate and keep up. So, as a Timothy, so we've got to keep up with the Paul's, right? Um, and so we come from a small church. We said that before. Right? So it's a little, little different. Things were a little accelerated for me. Everyone moves at their own pace, and that's up to Paul and Timothy to figure each other out and see how fast you can move. Um, so I got baptized in July. Um, the interns were about to leave from when I was the first baptism. Alex actually got baptized the next day. And uh, I think it was a week after I got baptized, uh, Josh sent me a text. He's like, hey, do you want to lead a Bible talk? I'm like, uh, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so, um, the brothers helped me out. I got with them before um, JD helped me out. I was just giving me an outline. Like, what do I need to talk about? I had no idea. Uh, I've seen you guys do it, but I just got baptized. What am I going to talk about? And so that was that was kind of huge. I got thrown into it. And then the interns left and were like, hey, so you and Alex are on the campus too. So y'all are basically the campus leaders. So you'll be doing Bible talks <laughs> and sharing your faith on campus. And I'm like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. I was a little, you know, I was a little worried at first. I'll be honest, because again, I'm introverted. So, but JD helped me. Um, JD, the church, we have a huge, loving church. Um, and then, what was it? What was it? Three months after I got baptized? Close to three months. Yeah, close to three months after I got baptized. He comes up to me at, uh, we were still in house church Wednesday night. Um, and he's like, hey, how do you feel about doing communion this Sunday? Like, uh, but again, you know, thank God. <laughs> I, uh, I prayed it through. Um, still, I have, I have a tendency to, the day before I have to write it out. It's not, like I can't worry about it the week before because then I'll just overdo it. And I'll be up there an hour and a half trying to do a communion message. So <laughs> I write it the day before and I'm talking to, I, I talk with J.D., all, I mean, 
say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Or I'll come to, we'll have a meeting on campus and I'll bring my outline, like, what do I need to do? I, I know what you guys do. And I was even worried about the little stuff, like the, okay, do I pray then? Do I pray then? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was overthinking it. I'm majorly overthinking it. He's like, bro, calm down, breathe, God's got you. Um, but just, you, you have to have that trust in each other, you know, to know that he's not, he's going to, I have to trust that he's not going to make me do something I can't do, you know, and uh, he's got to trust that I can do the things that he does, that he does give me. Um, it's, it's, you've got to know each other, that, that confidentiality like we talked about, that vulnerability, if you don't have that, you're not going to. You're not going to be able to know on that level. Um, and I just rely heavily on God again as a Timothy. I mean, as a Paul, as disciples, that's what we've got to do. Just rely on God in all situations and he'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. You just got to be there to answer the call. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, and I, I think, guys, I think one of the one of the things I was when you look at Paul, or if you study Paul and Timothy's relationship, what Paul wanted for Timothy was for him to be better. A better disciple, a better leader. Right? And so and so that's that started with, you know, parenthood, sonship phase into the uh, the pace setting and imitating phase. But then not only did he want him to be better, but he wanted him to be so good that they would be partners, which is the third phase, right? And so, and so um, in Romans 16, 21, it says, Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my fellow Jews. So Paul and Timothy, became partners. They became co-workers, co-laborers in the faith after all of that. Timothy has gone from being a son to a student and now fellow worker and partner with Paul because he's grown and because Paul stayed in there with him and helped him along the way. Right? And, and Timothy did his job in the relationship, right? And so now the both of them, now Paul can one day, you know, and, and if you read the book of Acts, you'll see close to the end there in the book of Acts where he knows, all right, it's time for me to depart. I am going to lose my life one of these days. And so he trusts Timothy as a co-worker to take over and oversee the church in Ephesus. He's no longer this Timothy that he met and they, you know, they were traveling together and it's like, you know, this, this, this little relationship they had. Now he's like, okay, because of our relationship, Timothy has learned. Timothy has grown. And he can now take over and oversee some of these churches. What an amazing progression in their relationship. Right? Now if you're in a a Paul slash Timothy relationship and you're not growing, there is an issue. Something is missing. Is something missing with Paul? Is something missing with you as a Timothy? 
that's something that you gotta kind of figure out, right? But something is missing, because guess what? Not only would Timothy grow, but Paul should grow too from that relationship. You know, from the guys that I disciple and in Huntsville and even spending time with Dave, I've grown. Because guess what? I need to I need to figure some stuff out and I need to study and make sure that I'm giving the right advice. Right? Because guess what? If I just call myself a Paul and I'm giving them advice and I'm just telling them to do all this stuff and it's incorrect and not biblical, I damage the relationship, I damage his growth spiritually, and I take full responsibility for what I communicate. Right? So I have to make sure that, guess what? Okay, he's struggling with something. Give me a minute, bro. Let me study this out. Let me get back to you. And help you. And guys, don't feel if somebody comes to you with an issue, right, and they need help, don't feel like you just gotta wing it and throw them a scripture and throw them a bone. Don't do that. Be honest. Say, I don't know how to help. But next time, I will. Right? And you go and you search the scriptures, you get advice yourself, you figure it out, and come back to your Timothy and be like, bro, I got it. Sis, I got it. Here's what. Let me show you the scriptures. Here's what we need to do. Right? Take it seriously. Right? There's a lot of things, <laughs> there's a lot of things in life that you would not win. Right? You wouldn't just win stuff. Like, you wouldn't go to school and have a, have a final and just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> right? Well, maybe. So. <laughs> but it wouldn't be wise. Right? It wouldn't be wise to do that. All right? There's a lot of things that you wouldn't wing. Okay? You wouldn't, all right, put it this way. You wouldn't jump in an aircraft and be like, oh, I don't know how to fly it, but you know what? I'm just winging. <laughs> I'm just, let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's just get this thing to top speed and just pull back and see what happens. Actually, if you pull back, you can go this way. Yeah, you go. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Right? You wouldn't just wing it. You would, you would go learn it. You wouldn't go into surgery and be like somebody over the, you, on the table and be like, uh, what is, what's wrong with him again? You got appendix issues? Hmm, let's just see what happens. Let me just cut him right here and see what happens. Right? You want to wing it, but you know what? The most important thing in our lives, we sometimes have no problem winging it. When we have somebody else in our lives that we're trying to help to grow and to change, sometimes we're like, oh, let me just wing it. Let me just give him this scripture, just because maybe it's my favorite scripture. It doesn't apply, but it's my favorite scripture, so maybe it can help him, right? And we wing it. It's the most important thing in our lives, guys. Can't wing them. Because the same thing, you laugh, and the same thing is, guess what? Yeah, you try wing, you know, wing it, flying an aircraft, or doing surgery. Somebody gets hurt. Same difference. When you're trying to help somebody spiritually and you wing it, somebody gets hurt. 
somebody's life, spiritual welfare is in jeopardy. So if you don't hear anything else I said about Paul and Timothy, if all of that just went over your head, if you were taking a nap or anything like that, and you just woke up, just know, don't wait. Don't wait your relationship with somebody. Don't, don't just throw them a bone. Don't do that. Help. Invest in them. Spend the time. Search the scriptures. Share what you learn. And help somebody um, grow spiritually. Um, so partnering uh, with a Paul as a Timothy. And so JD made a good point. Which they don't make good points, but <laughs> so the uh, everyone should kind of be a Paul and a Timothy at all times. You know, you're not always going to be a Paul because how many of you guys know everything in the scripture in the Bible? have matured to the point where I, I don't even need the Bible anymore. You know, like, we, we all got to learn. And uh, we can all learn from each other. We all have different experiences. Um, my childhood was different than yours. Your child, and, like, it's not any, it's not any worse or better. They're all equal, but they're all different. And they give, gave you different outlooks on life. And so you can apply those scriptures to your life and maybe help reach someone else apply their scripture to their life. Um, and my most recent, uh, we, we just, ba ba Jamal was just baptized um, in January, which was awesome. And uh, so J.D. actually was like, hey, I want you to disciple him. I'm like, cool, let's see. And so that, but that's honestly, that is the, the biggest example in my life that is, it's a Timothy and a Paul thing. Because um, I'm eight months old. <laughs> he, he's a month old. And uh, we both come from different backgrounds, grew up in different places, grew up with different families. But uh, as we're reading through um, just different scriptures, and uh, we actually I had a brother read through Ecclesiastes with me one time. And obviously that needs some guidance. <laughs> if you start reading, everything is pointless. <laughs> and so uh, me and him were actually reading through that, and like, he pointed things out to me that I'd never seen before. Um, so just partnering together as a Timothy and a Paul, you have to realize, even if you're used to being a Paul, you know, sometimes it's, you, you need to learn. You've got to sit back. And then other times, as a Timothy, if you're used to being a Timothy, you've got to step up and say, well, hey, what about this? So um, just remember that it's, you're neither one or the other. You're always both um, just trying to, to grow. Spiritually, because that's that's the that's the end goal is to grow spiritually and help someone else grow spiritually. That's why we disciple each other. Thank you. You know, I've had uh, I've had many um, many calls in my life, and and so of course I had to be a Timothy, right? And, and so um, I would say the calls that I've had in my life were nothing like. We were so different. We like, I mean, I, for instance, one was um, um, one of the guys that studied the Bible with me. He led the church in South Florida. His name is Terry Foker. Terry Foker and I are totally different. We're two different types of people, right? And so I was telling the story the other day at church, but for us to have a good discipleship time, he would take me out on his boat where I could go nowhere. There's nowhere for me to go. 
Because when we would have discipleship time, I'd be looking at my watch like, oh, I got to go. You know, this is kind of long. And so he, he wised up and took me out in the water on the boat where for me to leave, I got to swim. Right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, you're not going anywhere, bro. And so we'd be out there for hours. But it was good. It helped. It changed my life. Right? Uh, Bubba Payne. He also studied the Bible with me. Big dude. Right? He worked. His, his job was carrying and fixing appliances. That was his business. Like this guy put an appliance on his back and came down, come downstairs moving appliances. Big dude. Right? Nothing alike. Right? He fixed appliances. I don't know anything about appliances. But if, a is a, if an appliance breaks in my house, I get another one. <laughs> I fix it. I'm fixing it for Right? That's just not me. Right? It's, ex it's the expensive way to go. But I don't know anything about appliances. Right? But you know what? It changed my life. And so I say that to say that... You're going to get some people in your life, whether you be a Paul or a Timothy, that you're going to think, man, we don't have anything in common. This is not going to go well. Not true. Not true. Sometimes the best relationships are when you're both different people. Because guess what? There's a lot for you to learn. There's not a whole lot for you to learn from somebody who's just like you. There's much more to learn from somebody who is different than you are, and have had different experiences than you have, right? And so I just wanted to close out on this verse here in uh, Hebrews 12. In verse 11, you guys, you guys probably know this. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So it, 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 it produces this harvest of righteousness. That's what discipling produces for us. A harvest of righteousness and peace. You know why you'll be at peace? Because you know everything is going to be on. And so I pray that, that we will be Paul's and we'll be Timothy's for each other. Amen? Amen. And uh, why don't we go ahead and um, I'd like somebody to go ahead and pray us out. Anybody that, amen, bro. Please pray us out. Thanks. Yeah, I thank you so much for today. Uh, I just thank you for teaching us how to be called and teaching us how to be Timothy. Yeah, I, I know that this uh, was something where I was in between, like, oh man, what's the next class I want to go to? But I was like, God, I, I need to know how to help people, God. I need to also learn how to shut up sometimes and just listen. So I'm just so thankful for everything that you put on Jamie's heart. Um, God, I just pray that we can take these things away and, and put them into practice with the people that we disciple, the people that disciple us. And be okay with, with, you know, imitating somebody, God. I don't, sometimes we just want to be ourselves so many times, but you know, it's okay to look at somebody and, and and imitate exactly what they do to God so that we can learn. Mm -hmm. uh, so God, I think it just boils down to probably just make us humble. Yeah. Make us humble enough to listen, make us humble enough to imitate. Mm -hmm. um, and to just be more like you, God. Um, because you, you did it um, time and time again. So we just love you.
you so much. Thank you. We pray for the rest of this time. The rest of this retreat, we pray. We continue to learn so much. And we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. I hope it helped. Thank you. Thank you.